0: I am here today with a special guest named Vicki Stein, who I have a cool backstory of how I met her. I got a mailing. um, We get advertisements about really cool seminars for trainings. And I saw Vicki Stein's coming up and her emphasis on nutrition and holistic habits and how that translates into mental health and Vicki is a licensed clinical social worker and has all kinds of degrees in holistic nutrition and integrative and functional nutrition. And she's board certified in holistic nutrition and some really cool things that I don't know tons about, like brain spotting and heart math practitioner, all kinds of degrees, but um, I wasn't able to go to her seminar, so I contacted her to see if she would be willing to give us a short nutshell of some of her favorite techniques um, for helping people and how she works with people. So um, hello to Vicki.
1: Well, thank you. I'm really glad I can be here and do a little short talk about some of these things, because these are this is the topic I'm most passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, I was on my way to the river this morning and I heard on the news a new study that just came out, I think, in the British Journal of Medicine. I'm not exactly sure, but Mm -hmm. they said that um, exercise in this new study has been shown to be as effective as um, medicine in some cases with mental health. Mm -hmm. And they are now going to really be pushing for exercise in mental health centers.
2: Wow,
1: that was great that they were talking about it, but I also kind of had to laugh because I have a ton of research that's already been done on this topic that Mm -hmm. there is, you know, we know moving our bodies is super important for our mental health. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just glad they're talking about it if they're going to really start implementing these things in mental health centers. But it's not just, of course, it's just not exercise. It's also the nutrition piece and the exercise. I mean, in the um, sleep piece, mm-hmm. so those lifestyle choices that our clients are making or not making mm-hmm. has a huge impact. And we don't I, you know, I got my degree in 1984, my uh-huh. my, my social work degree, and we didn't talk about this stuff at all. Wow. Ever. You That's know, surprising. Yeah. No, we talked about. You know people like Freud and Piaget and Uh and so we learned about behavior, but we never really looked at what the root causes of those behaviors were. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so a lot of times, I think therapists spin their wheels working on things like depression and anxiety through talk therapy or cognitive behavior therapy or whatever tools you use, when in fact it might be thyroid or hormones or lack of protein in their diet. Yeah. I think therapists need to expand um, their education a little bit and Mm -hmm. and think outside of the box. And we need to educate um, doctors. Yeah. A lot of doctors are not on board with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah. So that's, you know, that's kind of my thing. Yeah. Why you're so passionate about it.
0: So when did you decide to go back and do more studying and holistic medicine and nutrition? So that's a great question.
1: (laughs) So, um, so, okay. A little background. Um, I, there was a period of time when I was working for my parents, Uh Uh, I got out of the field and I was working in a food manufacturing plant with my parents, very stressful job. And at the same time I had become a vegan Mm. and I was, um, I was, and I was a raw foodist at the time. Mm. So, um, I hope you can still hear. There we go, because you froze for a second. Okay. Um, so I was, uh, I was eating just fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, and wow. nothing cooked. Yeah. And I did that for five years. And at the beginning, I felt amazing, like it was wonderful. And um, but then the job was super stressful. Uh huh. And um, I became extremely depressed, like suicidal depressed. Oh wow. So one day I called. I called the office, and I just said, I I can't. I can't come in. And I just I hung up the phone, which is not like me at all. Yeah, so my sister came over and tried to get me out of bed, and my parents wanted me to be hospitalized. And so i I we my husband and I didn't want that. So I agreed to go on medication, which was really against my nature. I didn't. Uh-huh. Want it. Um, and so I found a chiropractor who was a nutrition person. She didn't do, adjustments. She did nutrition in Mm -hmm. the form of supplements. So I went to her and I said, you know, I need to get off. I need to get off these meds. You need to help me. So she agreed to do that. And in the process, she said, you need to start eating animal protein again. Mm. And I said, I really don't want to. And she Mm. said, look at you. You're a mess. Like your body cannot handle the level of stress with the diet that you're eating. You've got Mm -hmm. to go back to eating animal protein. So I did, I started eating fish and then I added in chicken. And even now I don't really eat very much meat, but I added in Mm -hmm. a little bit of meat um, and I got better and she got me off the, the medication. And, um, and I've never had to go back on medication. I've never had a problem. That's incredible.
0: Was, did, did she ever say why? I mean, I, I know one thing I learned, which I make sure all my vegetarian or vegan clients know is that you can be low on B12. You have to take B vitamins. Yes. Did you know that back then?
1: Well, I did know that, but what I didn't know was that you need protein to break down into things like serotonin, oh, and dopamine and epinephrine and norepinephrine. So all the neurotransmitters require protein. And so if you're not eating enough protein, and I was careful, I thought that I was eating enough, mm-hmm. but I think especially when it comes to like the B vitamins that are really an integral part of the pathways of serotonin and dopamine all the neurotransmitters mm-hmm. you you use up those pro, those b vitamins with stress and with and with other things like a poor diet.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: even though my diet was really stellar um because I wasn't eating sugar and I wasn't doing any of the you know processed foods mm-hmm. um, the stress level I couldn't keep up nutritionally with the level of stress I was under at work. So I think I just burned up all those nutrients and I wasn't replacing them enough. And so I needed and I couldn't eat enough protein eating the way I was eating to give my body what it needed at that time. So I had this clear I had this very clear experience from going vegan, seeing how great I felt to taking a deep dive into depression and pulling myself back out of that, all with nutrition as sort of the the theme, the underlying theme of all of that. That's fascinating. So, yeah. So i I had a friend who was a th- my Tai Chi teacher, and he was a raw foodist. That's how I got involved in raw food in in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, um, so he got me involved in all of that. But I, um, I ended up just deciding that. I wanted this to become something that I wanted to do full time. Like I really wanted to teach people to understand nutrition. But the more I studied nutrition, the more I realized how many of my clients, my therapy clients, like when I worked in addiction, which I did for 15 years, Mm -hmm. um, we had missed the boat with those folks, Mm. just treating them by, you know, all we would do is, I mean, it's still a lot, but we would detox. Mm-hmm. And then we would do a lot of education, and we would do a lot of the traditional: go to meetings, get a sponsor, make a relapse plan. All of that is perfect; it's fine. Mm-hmm. We're missing this other piece, which is yes. nutrition piece. So, if somebody's relapse, if somebody is trying to prevent relapse, they're they're either hooked on alcohol or they're hooked on opioids. Now they're craving sugar. And if they can't, Uh and then they're not eating good, they're not eating, you know, in a healthy way. And so it all spirals Uh and we end up with people relapsing and nobody was connecting those dots. Uh So I started thinking, well, we, you know, we, we need to do this. Like I need to do do this. Like Uh I can't just do nutrition. I can't just be a social worker. I need to do both. Right. So I created this, this work. created this practice. So I left my parents business, I went back to school during the time I was with my parents, got my degree in, in a holistic nutrition. Mm -hmm. uh, And, um, and then decided to go into private practice, not as a nutrition educator, but just as you know, as somebody who has an integrated practice. Mm. So I integrate the nutrition and then the other lifestyle pieces of um, exercise and sleep. And then I like to do a lot of somatic stuff. So I like doing brain spotting and teaching people about being grounded and going outside and connecting to the earth and all that other all that other kind of, as my husband says, woo woo stuff. Well, it's incredible,
0: though, and I know there's science behind it. I mean, you yeah. mentioned strategic times of day of being outdoors when we spoke on the phone a week or two ago. I'd love for you to tell people, what did you call it a forest walk or something?
1: Yeah, so there's something called Japanese forest bathing. Uh-huh. And it basically means that you go for a walk in the woods. Mm-hmm. But the research has shown that you can even lo- look at a video, like you can go on YouTube and watch somebody walking through the woods and still get that same kind of effect. Mm. So um it's, it, I'm, I do Tai Chi, and I've done it for a long, long time. And my teacher always says, you know, doing Tai Chi and watching Tai Chi can give somebody the same benefit. So you may not know how to do it. But if you watch me doing it in a park or in the mm-hmm. office, you're going to still get that restful feeling because you're mm. still drawn into that activity. So yeah. You can watch somebody walking in the woods, but I would rather somebody actually be in the woods. Yeah. But you know, if you can't get out in the woods, even like I'm looking out my 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 window in my neighborhood and there's a cherry tree in the front yard. I've got, you know, I've got beautiful trees that are blooming now because spring is sprung early, <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, you know, and so it's still um, it still feels good. To be outside on my street, even if I don't make it to the woods every day, right? Um, Anything is better than nothing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Nature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's you know, I went I went rowing this morning, and my buddy and I were talking about how I was telling her about that study I heard on my way down to the river, and and I said, you know, it's kind of it's it's crazy to me that people seem to need to study this, and like I know from my own experience. Mm that I have to exercise, and Mm -hmm. that I have to be outside. And so for me, rowing checks those boxes, like my mental health depends on my ability to get to the river and row. Yes, or get outside and walk. So what I'm teaching my clients isn't just about teaching them what I, you know, theoretically know to be true. Mm -hmm. But what I also know really works for me.
0: I love that you know, two little tidbits. Um, One, I found this video on YouTube, I believe, or a TED Talk with Wendy Suzuki, a neurologist, a neuroscientist, it's called the neuroscience of exercise. And she talks about her own depression. And it's just a 13 minute video on, she noticed what it did for her mental health. And so then she went and studied it as a neuroscientist and found the science behind it. Um, and then I had a high school client that I, you know, work with all my clients. Well, I shouldn't say every single time, but generally I try to assess their sleep and their exercise and their social support and their, um, nutrition and things like that. And this one, um, high school student, just, I could never get her to exercise And she went home one summer. She was a boarding student and she came back and she said, well, we got a dog this summer and my dog cured me. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, I had to walk 45 minutes every day. And I felt so much better when I started walking.
1: Yep. And, you know, it's the hardest thing to get them to go outside. And when I was depressed, I Mm -hmm. get it. You know, I didn't want to go. And I've been an exerciser since I was in college. I have always worked out. I've always Been a runner, a biker, swimmer. Uh I've done a Um, but but when I was depressed, I I just did not want to go. Yeah, no motivation. Yeah, you just don't want to do anything. And my husband would say, "Go for a walk," and I would say, "I just don't, you know, I just don't want to." And he would Mm -hmm. say, "Put on your shoes and go for a walk." I'm like, fine. So I would do it, and I would come back, and I would say, "Thank you so much. I feel so much better." So it was just it's such a simple thing to, just go, mm-hmm. but getting our clients to do it is so hard. And there's so many things about it. Like I have some people who are phobic about bugs. Mm-hmm. They have their, they have issues around their body image. They don't want people to see them outside. Yeah. They don't want to see, they don't want people to see them in shorts. They don't, they don't like the heat. They don't like the cold. I mean, they have a million reasons of why mm-hmm. they can't go outside. Um, but I still hound them about it. Yeah. Because you <laughs> I care about them. I do. I care about them and I know, like I know from the research and my own experience, I know for a fact they would feel better, that they, yes. they would have a better life if they would do that. If they would yeah.
0: move. You know what's interesting is when COVID first kicked off, you know, almost well, three years ago basically, um, I had a really low night. And I think it was maybe in May of 2020, it might have been April, but it was during the most intense lockdown. And I'm an extrovert. And it was affecting me. And there was one evening, I was just feeling very, very low. And I have three teenagers and my husband, you know, we were all obviously together nonstop. And I just was like, I am in a really bad funk. And I don't know why. And I was like, it's just really feels very dark. And And I said, you know what, I'm going to try just a short workout, even in just the front yard, because we had been walking and biking a little bit, you know, but I started doing jumping jacks and it was dark. I mean, I think it was 930 at night and I thought I'm just desperate for some relief and I thought it's worth a try. So after maybe 20 jumping jacks, a few lunges, I mean, I felt better in about three minutes. I was like, oh, my goodness, I feel better already.
1: Yeah. No, I know. I had a similar experience with, um, because of the rowing, um, rowing for me is, you know, it's being on the water. It's the life. We see all kinds of of wildlife, Mm -hmm. um, and it's the exercise. And so I, they had shut down the boathouse during the pandemic because they didn't know, you know, like people were sharing boats and oars and stuff like they were like, no, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. So I have a group of women that I row with, they all had their own boat. I had never bought my own boat. And mm-hmm. so they could go private boats were allowed to go out because oh. they were yours, but we couldn't, I couldn't use the club boats. And so I, w- I was sitting at the kitchen table crying one morning. I just, oh. I just did so bad and running did just, it did nothing competes. Nothing does for me what rowing does. So uh-huh. um, my husband just said to me, you know what? We had a trip that got canceled. Because of the pandemic, so he said, "You know what? Take the money that we were going to use on the trip and buy yourself a boat. You, oh. you need to get out of here." How sweet! I know he's so sweet. So I did. I did. That's that. money you ever spent. <laughs> it is the best money. I still have my boat, and yeah, it is the best money I ever spent. So, you know, we could and and there's research. I mean, and here's the thing: I have a research study, uh-huh. and they did, they did a study with mice, and they had them on treadmills. They had a fast treadmill, and they had a slow treadmill. And what they found was that the mice who were on the treadmill versus the control group that wasn't on a treadmill um, had less anxiety and less depression. But the really interesting thing about it was the mice that were on the slow treadmill felt better than the mice. Now, how they know that, I don't know, but they were able to show they had less anxiety Mm -hmm. than the ones that did the fast treadmill. That's interesting. right? So you don't have to go out and run a marathon. You don't have to go out and run your fastest run. You can just go for a walk. If you go for a brisk walk, um, Dr. Amon talks about walk like someone's chasing you. So mm-hmm. you know, kind of do this sort of brisk walk, not, yeah. I mean, but I think even a stroll would be helpful. Anything. Yeah. Just, just anything. Now I have one client. She does not like going outside. She has lots of issues about going outside. Mm-hmm. So um, her physical therapist said to her, why don't you just turn on some music that you really like and dance in your apartment? Oh yeah. So she started doing that and she said, that's amazing. I feel so much better, right? Yes. It doesn't take much. Doesn't right? it kind of um,
0: detox your brain or, or the fast blood flow kind of helps with something? You know,
1: I don't know. From I honestly don't know from a yeah. neurological like what actually physically yeah. happens. I should look into that.
0: I know. I feel like I heard something and I couldn't remember exactly, but it, it seemed like there was something about the the fresh oxygen or the fast
1: pace just is so invigorating. But I
0: I don't remember. that may
1: be part of it. I know in the study that they quoted today on the news, they did talk about hit like high intensity um, workouts mm-hmm. are better than not high intensity. But mm-hmm. uh, but I also know um, there's a, a chemical in our brains called brain derived neurotropic factor or mm-hmm. BDNF. Yeah. And BDNF is involved in a lot of different things, including learning and concentration and focus. And um, I forget what else. There's like mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So seven minutes of exercise increase levels of BDNF. Wow. And it also hits our dopamine, right? It, it, it helps if it hits that ser- um, the uh, reward center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there is another chemical in our brain called PEA. And I can't ever pronounce it. I like, I just trip over the word, but it's phenylalanine. Uh-huh. It, it gets increased when we exercise. And that is what it contributes to what we call the runner's high.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the exercise is getting all these different neurotransmitters going in a way that makes us just feel better. I love that. Well, so you've kind of
0: naturally just told us some of your favorite thoughts or tips about exercise. Um, I'd love to hear some of your favorite about nutrition, you know, including supplements or and you've mentioned some of that with your own journey um, and then also sleep. But just any anything else about exercise or just favorite advice for people?
1: So when it comes to. um, So with exercise, I would just say tips are do something, whatever it is, doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what it is, just do something, do it, do something that you like. You know, mm-hmm. if you hate going to the gym, don't sign up for the gym. Like yeah. that just makes sense. So do something that you like. Um, don't set really strong, high goals. Do it. Yes. Start slow. Start out slow and work your way up. No one expects you to run three miles on the first day. Mm-hmm. You can go walk, walk down the street for half, you know, quarter of a mile. Walk to your mailbox and come back. Huh? Mm-hmm. You know, just, yeah. So do something slow. Find a buddy. You know, like as much as I love to row. And as much as my friends love to row, as we left the river today, my, my friend said to me, thank you so much for making me get out of bed. <laughs> and yes. I said, she said, you know, I looked at the river and it was going really fast. And I thought, I don't want to get up, but you said, let's go in a double. And so I, here I am. So yes. I think, you know, making a date with someone, you don't want to disappoint the person who's counting on you, or you don't want them to shame you and say, where, you know, what do you mean you slept? You know? So like finding, yeah. a friend, right. In you know, in fun, of course. Um, right. so finding a buddy to work with, to meet with, it can be very helpful to get each of you motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those would be my, my main tips for I love that. Yeah. And, and I agree. I feel like having
0: it on the schedule, like, I mean, there is a place yes. for spontaneous, like, Hey, mm-hmm. anybody want to go for a 30 minute walk after dinner or whatever? That is great. But I do think if you either have a class scheduled or you're meeting a friend, yes. you know, if, if me on my day off, think at some point today, I'll probably exercise, it may not happen. Right. But if I schedule it with somebody, it is more likely so. right
1: Or if you even think in terms of your own schedule in your head, like, okay, I'm going to get up at seven, I'm gonna go for a walk, then I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So you can even you can build it in yourself, instead of that open ended, like, well, I have all day, I think, you know, at some point, yes. I'll try. yes yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so- So we can switch and talk about nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, So when it comes to nutrition, I'm just going to say, like, I do a three-day training that includes nutrition and exercise, sleep, all this stuff. Mm. But when you want, if you want to boil it down to what are the main things that people need to know, Mm -hmm. I would say everybody should be eating a protein, a carbohydrate, and a healthy fat at every meal and every snack. Okay. Okay. And I can talk for hours and hours about nutrition and and supplements and what the various nutritional things that we consume do do for our brains and our bodies. But the bottom line is, in very simple terms, protein, chicken, fish, turkey, wild game like bison, venison, um, legumes, which are all the different beans, Mm -hmm. combining the legumes with a grain becomes a whole protein um quinoa is a complete protein it's the only grain that is but the others you have to blend but you don't have to do it the same meal so like if you go for mexican and you have rice and beans that's awesome but Mm -hmm. if you throw chickpeas on your salad and then you have rice with dinner you're still good your body Mm -hmm. will still have what it needs to make a complete protein um nuts and seeds i don't know if i said eggs so those are those are the proteins carbohydrates fruits and vegetables
0: so you said one protein, one carbohydrate and one healthy fat at every meal.
1: Yep. And every snack. And every snack. Can you give me an
0: example of a snack that would have all three?
1: So you could have an apple with peanut butter or almond butter or a handful of nuts. Um or you could have say um some yogurt and and put in some nuts and um um and that so the nuts are going to have the protein and the fat. Right. And then is going to just be a little bit of a carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, snacks don't have to be something that we, you know, I think Americans get into a lot of processed food and, and thinking in terms of snacks, but a snack could be a small meal. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have some leftover um uh salad, or you have a leftover soup, or you have some leftover vegetables. So have that as a snack or have a piece of fruit. Um, it doesn't have to be. Uh, chips and dip, or it doesn't have to be um, a candy yeah. bar, you know, we yeah. have to think in terms of real food. Yeah, and just make you know, it can be a, it can be an egg, you know, mm-hmm. an egg and a piece of fruit would be a great snack.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So maybe thinking outside the box, it doesn't have to be just a snack, it can be the last fourth of your meal from last night. (laughs) Correct. Yes.
1: Okay. So I was really hungry before we were meeting today. And I thought, well, I mean, I can't eat lunch until two o'clock. So I I have some celery and carrots in the the fridge. So I just I had a piece of celery took the edge off. Yeah, that was was my snack. That's great. Yeah,
0: I love that. Um, Do you have any strong opinions
1: about um, intermittent fasting? So that's funny, you should ask that. um, i I am doing intermittent fasting right now. <laughs> and um, and I'm finding that I'm really liking it, uh-huh. Where in the past when I've tried it, I did not like it so uh-huh. much. um, I think it can be really great. Uh, uh-huh. and, and for those people that don't really know what that is, um, it means that you don't eat during a period of time. Mm-hmm. So you can people think of it in different ways, either you don't eat during a period of time, or you only eat during a certain window of time. Mm-hmm. So it could mean that you skip breakfast, it could mean that you skip dinner. Um, but I and I think that fasting overnight is the easiest way to do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, I have recently like this week, and mm-hmm. I had to I had to do a test um, that required me to fast overnight. So uh-huh. I fasted uh, 6 p.m. Sat, uh, Sunday night to 6 a.m. Monday morning. And then I had to do this test, which took two hours. So I really ended up fasting for 14 hours. Mm-hmm. And I felt really good. Mm-hmm. And I thought, because I work late, I don't know about all the other therapists who might listen to this, but yeah. I work till seven most nights. Mm. So that's with the client. Then I usually stay and finish up my paperwork, and then I drive home. So I usually get home between seven thirty and quarter to eight, which mm-hmm. means we're eating dinner that late, yeah, um, and then going to bed at like ten or eleven. So a lot of times, waking up not feeling great, and and so that morning I woke up and I felt so good, and I thought, you know what. Mm-hmm. I need to do, I need to go back to figuring out how can I eat dinner at work? Cause I'm yeah. like, I'm seeing clients. So for lunch, I always take an hour off. Mm-hmm. I can make time for a meal, but dinner, I'm seeing clients cause I see a lot of kids. I see clients at three, four, five and six o'clock. Mm-hmm. So if I take an hour out for dinner, I'm missing out on a lot of evening time that people need. Yeah. yeah. How do I, how do I make this work? So, um, this week I have done a protein shake during dinner time mm-hmm. as my um, dinner with clients. You know I can do that. That's easy. Yeah. Uh, you know when I get home, if I'm still hungry, I've had um, some carrots and celery or mm-hmm. a piece of fruit, just something light. Yeah. And of course my chocolate because I have to have my chocolate. Um, <laughs> And I'm feeling so much better. It's only been a few nights. I've done it so interesting. Well, a a personal
0: tidbit for me, like my husband's from Scotland. And last summer, we went to Scotland for a few weeks. And I, I I don't actually have a scale the only scale. Well, actually, I'm sorry, I lied. We do have a scale. I just never use it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I was about to say we only have an antique scale, but we actually (laughs) do have a real one. But um, I could tell from my clothes that I probably gained 10 pounds, maybe even more in that three and a half weeks because I wanted to try all their baked goods and all their shortbread and had a lot of tea, the hot tea with sugar and, you know, things I don't do here that much. And so I came back and I had been meaning to do intermittent fasting for a long, long time, embarrassingly, couldn't get myself to stick with it for more than a day or two. But I did and I lost that weight back surprisingly quickly. And and then I think I lost a little bit of extra. But um, what's funny about it is. I have always hated being hungry. Like I hate being hungry. It's mm-hmm. almost like a weird, not a phobia, but just like it makes me very uncomfortable. And I know that's a problem because it's good to be hungry sometimes. And we need that. So when I did start intermittent mm-hmm. fasting, mm-hmm. It, it helped me get over that because I learned like this is good for you. Your body kind of doesn't kind of eat its own fats and your brain loves the, the omega-3s and fats or something. Well, <laughs> well, you Tell me the science can, behind
1: it. Yeah, you can go into. I mean, you're kind of your um, keto. The keto diet uh-huh. is when you start eating fats, so you're not eating carbohydrates. You only eat fats and protein, and you eat a very low, low carb diet, and that's when your body starts to eat the fat. Uh-huh. But with the intermittent fasting, um, yeah, I do think that you do you do a lot of detoxing, and it allows the body to rest. Uh. Um, and when you sleep at night your brain cleans up like that's where yeah. it's really doing all that so i i think um i do think it's good to experience hunger um mm-hmm. because i don't think americans in general do yeah uh, so i think i think getting comfortable with what your body feels like when it's hungry is good i think food tastes better when you're hungry yeah and, and i think when we talk about mindful eating Um, I think it helps people to get in touch with what that means exactly, because, you know, we have an obesity issue Mm -hmm. and the new movement is not about exercise more, eat less, but it's healthy at every size. So healthy at every size teaches people that they should exercise, but not to have tight abs and be toned, but just because it's good to move your body, Mm -hmm. but also to be mindful when we eat. So what does that mean? That means I eat when I'm hungry, I stop when I'm full, and I don't have to eat at eight o'clock noon and six o'clock, I can eat at 11 o'clock and two o'clock and maybe not eat again if I'm not hungry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or maybe I do eat again. But the other thing I'm finding, like with this intermittent fasting, um, if you look at well, I'm only going to eat between a certain time. Like I get up and I need to eat something before I row because it's just too strenuous to not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I eat something before I go and then I eat again when I come back. But I'm basically only eating from 6 or 7 a.m. until 6 or 7 p.m. So I've got a Mm -hmm. 12-hour window and then 12 hours that I'm not eating. You can only eat so much in a period of time, right? But if you allow yourself to eat into the night, which was what I've been doing for years, And we eat dinner at at eight or nine and then I'm having my my fruit and then I'm having a piece of chocolate and then I'm having my tea and I'm now I'm eating until I go to bed. Yeah. So and then I'm only getting maybe six or eight hours, depending on how, you know, the morning of not eating. Yeah. So it's not enough time to I think our bodies need to rest. They need to digest. Uh, So I think. I think I'm going to do intermittent. I'm trying to figure out how am I going to go out to dinner with friends and yeah. also do intermittent fasting? Yeah, because
0: that becomes challenging. I know that was a little hard for me, too. But I feel like if you're not too rigid about it, you just say, hey, I can go back to it. And um, right. I haven't totally stuck with it. But um, yeah, that's good. That's well, thank you for your opinion. That's really funny
1: that you just started that this week. Yeah. And like I said, I've tried it before and it didn't work. Uh I I couldn't find the right hours to do it. Uh, But like I said, I think trying to figure out how to eat in that evening hour at work is kind of the key. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really hard. So um,
0: any other like nutrition, favorite nutrition um, advice?
1: Um, No, that's really my favorite. Those three, like making sure. Yeah. Do you have favorite supplements that you recommend? So I do. Um, but I, I will say the first thing that people really should do is eat right yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, because supplements are just that. They're just to supplement diet. Yeah. We all have deficiencies, no matter how good you eat, you're going to have deficiencies mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. So supplements can be helpful. But um, I don't, you know, I don't want people to say, "Oh, if I take a multi, then I can go eat McDonald's." You know, it right. doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So there are definitely some supplements that are helpful for um, various mental health issues. So, for example, just general mental health, um, I would take a B complex, um, I would take a probiotic, mm-hmm. and a good multivitamin, multivitamin mineral, um, and then maybe a fish oil. Mm-hmm. Um, So those would be that would get your omega threes in and then you get some of those B vitamins that we use up so easily. Um, And then, you know, for people who have anxiety, I like to use uh, GABA Mm. uh, and Mm -hmm. L-theanine. And I like you can use them separately or you can use them combined. I think they're more effective combined. Uh Um, You can buy them combined. Um, there's a company that makes a chocolate that has the GABA and <laughs> I'm it.
0: detecting a theme here. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. So You can buy them in a little, just a little capsule, a tablet that you can chew, uh-huh. but chocolates are kind of fun. And I, and the yeah. chocolates are good because you can carry them. They're, they're flat, it's just one square of chocolate. They're each individually wrapped. And you can just like when I travel and I get anxious, Like, um, I travel for work sometimes and I don't like missing planes. So I get anxious going to the airport. I get Mm -hmm. anxious before I start my first class. So Mm -hmm. I like to take the Gabin Altheanine just to settle, settle. Awesome. Um, I love that. Yeah. So you just can take that. I keep some in my office so I can show it to clients. Um, I have a client who uh, has a lot of anxiety. He's found ashwagandha is very helpful. Mm-hmm. So Any of the adaptogens can be really helpful. Mm. So adaptogens are herbal supplements that um, really help with supporting our adrenal glands. They help with stress, but they help with some other things as well. So there are, you can buy a blend that will maybe have like rhodiola, cordyceps, ginseng, ashwagandha. Um, is cordyceps a mushroom? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a fungus. A fungus. Okay. Like a fungus that grows on caterpillars in the Himalayan mountains. Ooh, that sounds interesting. <laughs>
0: right. What are you but eating? They, a
1: fungus that came off a caterpillar? <laughs> is, I don't know. You know, who knows? How, now they make them like now they figured out how to grow them. But that's how they that's where they come from. originally. It's yeah. funny. I won't tell my kids if I give them that what it is. Right. It's hysterical. Right. So <laughs> um, so you can buy like some companies will make a combination of all those adaptogens, or you can buy the adaptogens separate. So like my client, he found um, a company called Oly, O-L-Y. Yes. Oh, wow. They make yeah. a ashwagandha gummy that he loves. It just, he, I mean, I've worked with this kid. He's in college now. i worked with him on and off since he was in middle school. Uh-huh. This has been a game changer for him. Um, Incredible. Those he, are, are great vitamins. Yeah. So he does the ashwagandha that they make, but they do make other things as well. Um, So I like Gavin theanine for anxiety for for depression. St. John's Wort is Mm -hmm. good, Um, but only if people are not taking anything else, because Mm -hmm. it really does interact with a lot of stuff. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah, You have to be really careful. I only give it to people who are not taking anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Um, there's a lot of research on fish oil. Probiotics are great because there's a there's a brain gut connection. Yeah. So taking care of our guts is uh, really important for our brain health. Mm-hmm. And if and most of the people who listen to this um, might want to learn more about that, um, because most of our clients have gut issues
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and sometimes they come because of the stress and their mental health issues. Sometimes they just are a comorbidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's important to to address that. And I don't expect therapists to know all of these things, yeah. but need to partner with other professionals mm-hmm. so that they can make the appropriate referrals and get the clients to get the help they need and coordinate that that treatment plan.
0: That's great. Um, so maybe would clients just Google something like the connection between probiotics and mental health?
1: They can do that. They can go to the probiotic advisor, which is a website. Oh. I, um, that has a lot of good information about gut health um, and mental health. But yeah, they could also just google gut health. They can google the gut brain access a x i s and That's I'm cool. sure that they will find research there. You can go to PubMed. I don't know. a lot of people don't seem to know about PubMed. Huh, it's I spelled p- okay p u p u b m e d and it is um. It is a a database that the government maintains that you can just go there for free, no subscription. And in the field at the top of the page, you could write write in whatever it is you're looking for and you will get a bunch of abstracts. And uh, many of those abstracts, you can click on the text and get the entire paper if you would like. I had one that I recently found that was pretty new research and I, I emailed the guy directly and just said, "Hey, I want to. I need the. I want to I read the rest of your paper." And he said, "No problem." And he sent it right away. Amazing. A so tub bed, like a bathtub. Yeah. Okay. Tub. E, P. No. P. As in. Oh. P. P. P as in Paul. Okay. U that's. Okay. B. As in boy. M. E. D. As in. Med- oh, so like, like publishing
0: medicine or something like right. that. Okay, that's helpful. Yeah. Neat. Thank you. That's good to know. Okay
1: yeah that's where I do a lot of my research. Just go there. That's
0: really yeah. good. I have not heard of that. Um, well, good. okay, those are amazing. Um, and
1: then you know, Google Scholars
0: Google Scholars,
1: Google Scholars. yes, yeah, so if you do advanced Google Scholars, you'll be able to get I don't like that as much as PubMed. PubMed's really great.
0: Awesome! I'm excited to know about that. So, what would be some of your favorite sleep advice? If we oh, we don't have a whole lot more time. Like, any? Do you have time to give a few?
1: Yeah, for sleep. um, Yeah, of course. There's you know the obvious things like make sure that the room is as cool. It should be between 65 and 68 degrees. Make sure that they have a good mattress and good pillows because sometimes people kind of forget that part. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure that they have a ritual or routine about an hour before bedtime. Screens should be off about an hour before bedtime. Caffeine, um, especially um, as we age, we have less tolerance for caffeine. Mm-hmm. So some people might say, oh, well, I've always had a cup of, you know, a pot of coffee in the morning. It doesn't affect me, but they're having trouble sleeping. It may be affecting them now. It maybe mm-hmm. didn't. But now it does. Yeah. Uh, caffeine can have up to 48 hours of, a, of an effect. So they might want to back off the caffeine. Um I like having people do uh, to uh, take a hot bath um, and mm. fill the tub with Epsom salt because Epsom salt is magnesium mm. and you can, be, you can absorb the magnesium, which then will help your muscles to relax. You can take magnesium as a supplement. can also help with sleep. L-theanine helps with sleep. Um, drinking one of the uh, teas, you know, there's combined teas like that have lyrian root, um, chamomile. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, you can find those in the grocery store. I buy a product called Mudwater. They have a morning tea and an evening tea. And the morning tea is called Rise. And the evening tea is called Rest. Hmm. So the morning the morning tea has um, a little bit of cocoa, but um, a lot of mushrooms. Hmm. And then the evening tea has passion passionflower and a lot of mushrooms. Um, and I take that. I drink that. And within a half an hour, I'm like, I'm out.
0: And what's that T called again?
1: Mudwater. It's Mudwater. Spelled Mud. M U D forward slash W T R. Okay.
0: Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, do you read much about the importance of having your room totally dark? Yeah. It should be totally dark.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, you I, know, you get, all your, get your electronics away from your head, get them across the room, um, mm-hmm. turn off as much as you can. Some people even turn off. their wi-fi at night
2: mm-hmm. the
1: uh electromagnetic uh, pollution yeah so but yeah turning like I, I hate sleeping in a hotel room because you've got the light from the microwave and the light coming from under the door and the curtains don't close all the way like there's light yeah. all over the place it drives me crazy like i i drape towels over things and i stuff towels under doors and i <laughs> i bring a paper clip to clip the curtains together because i want my room pitch black
0: Yes, that's good. I've heard the quality of your sleep is so much higher if it's totally dark. Totally. So much better. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And I always, I, I wish there was a magic solution for people that work the night shift that I feel so sad. I have some medical clients that work night shift and just in it. And I don't know how you can get around that since we need a consistent sleep pattern, supposedly.
1: It's hard. Melatonin can help a little bit with that. Um, my son is an anesthesiologist and he's on call a lot. And that's, that's an issue. It's, a, and I mean, ever since residency for him, it's an issue. I don't know how he does it, frankly. I know. I don't know. But, you know, if they can use the blackout curtains and make the room as dark as they can, maybe an eye mask uh, and use melatonin to help with that. Those are just, oh,
0: that's good. Good to know. Well, you're so sweet to give us the cliff note version of some of your favorite advice for health. I mean, this has been very entertaining and informative and helpful. (laughs) Anything else you're itching to share? Or does that feel like a pretty good, you said everything you kind of wanted to share?
1: I think for a small amount of time, we covered a lot. I think it's good. We sure
0: did. Yeah, I may have to take up rowing. If I do, I'll let you know and give you credit for it.
1: (laughs) You're in Chattanooga, right? Yes. You have a great rowing venue. We we come here in November for our the shoot the hooch. Uh It used to be here, and my rowing club started it, but it got too big, so in the Atlanta area. So we moved to Chattanooga. So I'm always there in November for that. Uh, But yes, you should absolutely try. There is um, there is something called Learn to Row Day. You should look it up because it's usually the first weekend in June, Uh and it's, it's a nationwide program. And they just every club. I think, I know ours does. Um, We just invite people down for a half a day to get introduced to rowing Um, and it's free. And you just come down and we show you a video and then we have you practice on the dock with rowing machines. And then we put you out in a boat with a bunch of other people, take you out on the water. So you get a feel for what it's like.
0: What a nice thing to do. I love that. Well, it's yeah, I'm tempted. That sounds great. Well, yeah. it's so good to meet you, Vicki, and I really appreciate you doing this. And if clients want to find you, um, do they just go to your website? Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. And and what is your website called? I know I wrote it down here, but it's,
1: um, your, it's your Healthy Structure. So they could go to www.yourhealthystructure.com or they can call me. Um, my number is 404-275-6200. Okay, great. And if you're interested in taking any of my big longer trainings, I've got, um, I I work with PESI, which is a national Uh CEU company. And you can just go on the PESI website and and put in the search bar my name, and you'll see all the trainings that I do. So they've got some that are taped that you could buy and do on your own time. Oh, wonderful. Um, Everything from a couple of two hour ones that are part of summits and stuff to um, a one day that I used to do. Haven't done that in a long time about this topic. And then I have a three day. um, Yeah, the three day, usually they have me doing it once a month. So I'm doing one next week online, a webinar. Uh, In May, I'm going to be in Chicago, and in um, April, rather, I'll be in Chicago, and in May, I'll be in Seattle. Oh, you're busy. Um, Yeah, and they haven't booked me beyond that. So I'm not sure. I don't, sure, I don't know what's coming next. Well,
0: well that's nice to know. You can do two hours or three days and just a variety. Yep. Um, people want to do seminars versus one-on-ones. Right. Well, good. I'll post your website in the description for this, but thank you so much.
1: Well, thanks for asking me. It was fun getting to know you a little bit. And yeah.
0: Well, thank have, you so have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.